But let's get into this whole thing about I've healing been feeling this way growing, for a really long time. And these are the things that everybody is thinking. I don't care if you're a man. I don't care if you're a woman. I don't care if you're a girl. I'm not even like, really talking about me. I think you know I'm talking about you. For everybody this is what they don't tell who feels you. this way because I get it. Mm. And it's as simple as that. This is the fine print. What's up, y'all? On my last episode, I talked about how I really want to see and believe that work doesn't have to be something that you dread all the time. I also brought up the fact that a lot of people wish they could be doing something else. And I talked about the small group of adults out there who haven't quite pinpointed what career they want yet. But I know that not everyone is struggling with that sort of thing. Some people are thriving in their work life. And to that group of people, I want to say... You are amazing. I'm proud of you. I want to be like you when I grow up. Things won't always be perfect, but there's nothing like saying that your career is something you enjoy, something that fulfills you, and just generally works well for you. And today, I want to talk about work alternatives. Because another thing I like about millennials is that we grew up right before technology took the world by storm, so we still have that grounding of how things used to be, But we're also leaving behind the old-fashioned things that just don't resonate with us anymore. And that includes work. But don't get it twisted. Even the new things we're doing have their gray areas. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fine Print Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie. This is episode five, and I'm glad you're here, as always. Really, the people who are tuning in every episode, I know I say this at the beginning of every episode, but I really do appreciate that you're tuning into every episode (laughs) because I, I don't have a huge following, and it's just... It's lovely when you post something and say, hey, go listen to this. And a small and mighty group of people actually go and listen to that. So again, shout outs to y'all. I appreciate y'all. Can you believe it's almost the end of October? Like we're, we're coming up on Halloween and it really just feels like October just started. So I'm very confused on why this year has just been going by so fast. Now I'm excited that the cool weather is coming back because fall is my favorite season. The leaves are falling off the trees. The bugs are slowly going into there wherever they go when they don't die. Yeah, where do bugs go in the summer? Because they just, I I know for, for certain wasps, they go, I don't know wherever they go in the winter, but when the first day of summer hits, they're back out. They're actually back in the spring just full out they just come on back out and I don't know where they're going where they're hibernating during the cold months but I don't know I need to research that because it's it's interesting to me but anyway glad that the the heat is is slowly dying out because it's time for sweaters and beanies and boots and just cuddling up with blankets and layering up going to the coffee shop to get lattes because you know half of the reason why you're getting it is because it's going to warm your little hands up i don't know for sure which month the sugar cookie almond milk latte comes back to starbucks but i'm all about that i like to sub mine with soy milk and i like to get a single shot because i don't really like coffee that much and when you take out the extra shot that's when it really tastes like a sugar cookie I don't think it tastes very good just the regular way, but that's just me. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. I could talk about fall stuff for a long time. So let me get back on track with this episode. And one more note before I start the episode, because I know last time I talked about people who, you know, are kind of in um, a place of limbo about choosing their career, or maybe they just never got to the point where they knew what they wanted to do. So they're still kind of figuring that out. I 
want you guys to know that everything I say on this podcast is not me assuming that all millennials out here are struggling with the things I'm talking about on my episodes, right? I've talked about a couple of things uh, at this point, and I just want everyone to know that I'm aware that not not all of us are struggling with these things. You know, some people are doing great at their jobs. Some people know who they are. Um, some people have moved away from home and they're living on their own and they're not having a lot of issues. You know, I'm not assuming that we are all just lost balls in high weeds, you know, walking around here not knowing what we're doing. I am just using the things that I have struggled with to spotlight people who may feel like they're behind or they're doing things wrong or they're not sure. I know that I'm not the only one. So I am literally just shining a light on the people who share these struggles with me to just make it so that you know you're not alone and we're going to figure it out. I ain't got the answer sway as I always remind you. So this is not what this podcast is for. Um, But I'm just here to share experience make people feel seen, make people feel heard if the content applies to you. If it doesn't apply to you, take it with a grain of salt, you know, and just continue to listen anyway because I need your support. But yes, that's all I wanted to say. Put that little disclaimer out there. Let's hop into the episode. So again, I know that Some people are doing well at their jobs. Some people are out here with the six-figure bags, especially with tech. You know, everyone's hopping into tech now because that's where the money is. And some people went into tech because they actually liked it. And that's where the money is. And they're doing great. People are successfully making the big bucks in the realm of corporate America, even if it's not tech. Maybe you work in finance. Maybe you're a project manager, which... I don't really still understand what that is in layman's terms, but everyone tells me that it's something that I should get into, um, even though I've never done it. I'm not sure how that's possible. But anyway, everyone who's out there doing the damn thing in corporate America, I applaud you because I, for one, think corporate America is awful. And as a woman of color, let's just multiply that by 10 because (laughs) it's just... Corporate America, I don't know, it's just stuffy. It's just full of playing the game and all these politics and full of, you know, for me and people like me, just a bunch of microaggressions. Y'all, my very first corporate job, it was like a, it was a contract placement, I think. Yeah, it was a contract placement. So I was only supposed to be there for six months. And when they were taking me around and introducing me to everybody who was in, you know, my area, and the adjacent teams as people who were close to my cubicle i worked right kind of diagonally across from an old woman who had her own office and i don't remember this lady's name but she was an older white lady she had to be in her 60s possibly in her early 70s but she was still you know spry enough to be going to work in this way But she had a little Betty White hairdo. She's a cute little white lady. And one day I walked into work with some like long box braids or no. Actually, I I don't remember if they were box braids or they might have been yarn braids. But I remember I had I'd done them myself and nobody in the office, of course, had seen my hair like that before. So when she walked up to me, she was like, Oh my God, look at you. Look at your hair. It's Your hair looks amazing. And I was like, oh, thank you. And she was like, wow, it's how, how did you do that? Where did you go to get that done? And I was like, I did it myself. She was like, you did that yourself? And I was like, yeah. She was like, oh my gosh. You know who you look like? <laughs> I just kind of had an internal eye roll because I knew it was going to be something wild. And she was like, you look like that woman in the movies, in that in that movie, that old movie. And I was like, what which one? And she was like, um, the she um she was in Sister Act and it was like another movie and I was like, Are you trying to say Whoopi Goldberg? And she said, Yes, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to call you little Whoopi now. <laughs> That's exactly what this lady said to me. And I at the time I I probably just 
I'm sure I didn't say anything, but I was just like, wow. Then, to make matters worse, she went and got another man. She went and got this <laughs> this other guy who worked in the area. He was an older white guy. And they were kind of like two peas in a pod. They weren't together, but they were just always together, you know? She went and got him and brought him back. Oh, my God, that looks great. Yeah, you look great. And she repeated it. She told him. She was like, yeah, I told her we'll have to call her little Whoopi now. Y'all could have seen the look on, on my face. I can't make this up. People just say anything to you. But anyway, corporate America is just, it's not for me, y'all. The job I'm at right now does not even give us MLK Day off. And for Christmas one year, they gave us peppermint bark and hot chocolate. Like, unacceptable. First of all, why would you ever want to eat peppermint bark? This is an unpopular opinion. But what, just don't give me anything at all. You know what I'm saying? Peppermint bark. It just sounds like something no one wants anything to do with. And hot chocolate? Y'all could at least give me some coffee. Anyway, I'm again, I'm getting off on a tangent. But, you know, corporate America is not for everybody, including me. So, we, we're finding other things to do to get money. And one of the big things we're finding to do is working through apps like there are apps out there and I know you all have heard of all of these that provide opportunities for you to pretty much drive around and deliver things or deliver people or um, do things for other people or do what you would like to do in order to make money you know and with these things and I'm talking about Instacart, I'm talking about Uber and Lyft, I'm talking about Uber Eats and Grubhub and DoorDash. This is not sponsored. I'm not here to advertise these these places. I'm just listing them out because we know what they are. Um, <laughs> and there is also, I'm, there are other ones that aren't as popular at this point, but they're all doing the same things. Like there's one called Shipped. That I don't think is popular depending on what city you're in. But there's different versions of these things. And it's got a lot of perks, you know, on paper. You make your own schedule, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to wake up and do the 8 to 5, 9 to 6, whatever sort of thing. You can wake up and start doing deliveries whenever you want. You can stop doing deliveries whenever you want. You can take breaks whenever you want. You don't have to wait every two weeks for your money. Um, I've done Postmates before, which I think is pretty much the same as any of the other food delivery ones. And I'm pretty sure you just, I'm pretty sure the, the money you get from the deliveries is just kind of in this sort of bank sort of section of the app. And I, from what I know or remember, I might be wrong, but anyone who's done it knows you can, um, you know, deposit the money in your account as you please uh, once you get however much you need or whatever. There's also no company rules or politics. I mean, there are obviously some, but nothing like a dress code. You don't have to deal with coworkers. You're working for yourself and there's no peppermint bark. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no fake incentives that nobody really wants. You just get paid for it. <laughs> They, um, for me though, I, I do remember like a really big downside of it. And this is just me not knowing the ins and outs of working through one of these things and how you need to make it work with your taxes. So when you're making deliveries, the money comes straight to you, you know, no taxes taken out. You don't have to do the W W four thing ahead of time. So when tax time comes, is likely going to piss you off because you have to declare yourself as, and I forgot the exact word, but it's working for yourself. So if you want it to work out in your favor, you have to keep all of your receipts and research how to make the pay work for you in your favor for like deductions. Because if you don't, all those taxes are going to come out and you don't have much of anything for a refund. Um, I remember when I did Postmates and the first time I did my taxes with them, y'all, my refund was looking nice. It was cushy. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be thriving out here, spending this money on things I don't need. And as soon as I typed in my, um, I think it was like a 1099, whatever it was, the miscellaneous 
work form for Postmates and I had not saved any of my receipts. I had not saved any of my things for gas or anything. Y'all, my refund went all the way down to like nothing. And I just lost all that money. So if you want to do Uber or Uber Eats or something like that, make sure that you do your research on how to make it work for you during tax time. Because when they take all those taxes back out, it's going to be like they took everything and you're going to cry. You're going to fall to your knees and be angry. <laughs> Another thing you have to consider is that with these delivery apps, and I can't really speak for Uber and Lyft because I haven't done those, um... You pretty much have to work long hours to make a decent amount, like per day, per week. Because the amount of money that you get per ride or delivery isn't very much. And tips is kind of what boosts you up to like a decent average pay per hour. But tips aren't guaranteed, you know. And some people might just give you $2. Sometimes somebody might give you $20. And sometimes when you deliver stuff, if you're the person who gets out of the car to take the food up there... Some people still just give you cash tips in your hand, which is cool. Um, but there are two things I can think of that work through apps that may be a little more lucrative because after some time, you can set your own price. So there's an app called TaskRabbit where you're pretty much doing tasks for other people. And there are tons of things you can do on TaskRabbit. You can help people move. You can help people organize. You can help people pack. You can clean for people. You can do uh, like personal assistant type secretarial work, um, you know, clerical sort of things that people don't know how to do. There's so many things you can do. Actually, there's way more than what I just listed. But again, like I said, you can set your own price after some time per hour. Now, I'm not sure how many requests would flow to you depending on the skill that you offer and how many people need that skill um or you know if it's a popular skill then you have the competition of other people in the app who do that same thing for a decent price so those are just other things to keep in mind also it's not necessarily an app but there's websites called upwork and i don't know if it's i think it's called fiverr i don't know if it's fiverr or fiverr i think it's fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R, a website where if you have a particular skill, you can sort of set up a page and say, hey, I know how to do graphic design, I know how to do data entry, I know how to do editing, just whatever. It's more sort of digital tasks that people would need to be done like on a computer because they're typically going to send you something. You're going to type it up or do it up and send it back to them and then they pay you for it. I think that's a little more lucrative too because that's another website where you can set your price, um, set your rates. You may have to do a little bit of advertising yourself. You may have to get some reviews going that people post about you so that other people can start seeing what you can do for them. And yeah, you know, it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. You should check it out if that sounds like something you would be interested in. But another thing that people are starting to do is what I would like to call attainable entrepreneurship. <laughs> and later on, you'll see why I call it attainable entrepreneurship. And by this, I mean people who are starting their own businesses, doing things like clothing companies, making jewelry, doing hair, doing nails, things that we are constantly consuming and services that we're always needing. People are always going to buy clothes. People are always going to buy jewelry. Women are going to need their hair done to the end of time, as well as their nails. Um, men are going to need their hair cut. You know what I'm saying? Just things you can go into independently that everyone will constantly be supporting for forever. You know, what better way to make money off of something that you enjoy or just something that you know other people are going to buy? And with this kind of stuff, you know, the options are endless from... Everything I just said, um, there's also things like candle making. I'm a sucker for a scented candle. Uh, I see a lot of body care products and like face facial care products where people are making things that fade your, fade your hyperpigmentation and fade your dark marks, get rid of your acne. There's so many companies out here making soaps and body butters and 
lotions and lip balms and lip glosses. It's it's a wonderland for this sort of thing. Um, and one thing that I'm seeing a lot though is, <laughs> and I'm just I gotta go to the side on this a little bit. Like I'm gonna veer off track just a bit to rant about all these products I'm seeing with the word yoni in them. And y'all know what a yoni is. But if you don't, it's pretty much feminine care products where people are making body washes and soaps and sprays to make your, you know, to make women's, you know what, smell better, supposedly. And I see these ads and I just laugh because (laughs) I hope everyone knows at our big age that your yoni, as they like to say nowadays, is not going to smell like cotton candy or flowers or rain or berries. <laughs> it's just not natural. So the fact that people are making all these things to like balance out your pH balance, it's just like, girl, what is going on right now? There's, there's a large influx of that. So I don't know. You want to go into the business for that? You could do that too. Um, it's... It's kind of wild because I feel like, you know, when we're dealing with this sort of thing, we need to be as natural as we can, but there's so many fragrance-filled products out there. It just It kind of grinds my gears, but it also makes me laugh because people are buying it, you know what I mean? But I just want y'all to steer clear of things that are just not natural for you. But anyway, uh... We have people making doormat designs, just just everything. Anything you can think of, people are making and others are buying. And it's, I want to say it's somewhat more attainable just because it seems like startup resources are a lot more widely available. So, for instance, if you want to make clothes, there are tons of websites out there that screen print, you know, and, and if you want to have your own website for your business, websites are like free and easy to make when you want to sell your product on a site those are free and easy to set up and use or maybe there's like a small cost i know everyone's familiar with etsy if you have a business on instagram now they have a shop page kind of like integrated into the instagram app to just sell your items through that page it's it's just easy it's like everything's at your fingertips right now if you want to be someone who is selling a, a product in high demand, you know? And as far as providing services to people, like doing hair, doing nails, uh, cutting people's hair, <laughs> offering massages, um, trades, you know, are in high demand. Some of those trades are in high demand, you know, like cosmetology, all this kind of stuff. And they don't require like a four-year degree to learn. So you can go do a program. I'm not even going to lie and make up something about how long it takes, but I do know it doesn't take four years as it would take to get like a tech degree. With the way we advertise, you know, all it takes is a catchy social media ad, some attractive packaging. Let me tell you, I'm a sucker for attractive packaging. You get a good, neat font, some minimal, um, you know, labeling with the nice lettering. A fool like me and, and so many others is going to buy it just because the packaging looks cool, looks nice. Um, that, that gets me a lot. I have to stop myself. But um, one, one thing about this that you have to think about or consider as a, as a creator and a buyer of this is that the market is really saturated with people who aren't really good at what they do. Um, They're just hopping on a bandwagon because it's seemingly easy to get into. And they're taking advantage of the fact that it's um, a skill that people, you know, are looking that are looking to be done or a service that people are looking for. Um, An example of what I mean by this, and this is my personal pet peeve, is some some of not all of these hairstylists and hair braiders. Mm, Do you remember the times of going to the salon as a child and what that experience was like? There are so many hairstylists out here posting that they want you to do half of the work of doing your hair before you even get to their chair. 
Like I see so many stylists that say, wash and blow dry your hair at home before you come. And you got to blow dry it. You can't like, you know, wash it, twist it up and let it air dry. It's got to be blow dried and then you can come. Pardon me? So pretty much you're telling me to just do my own hair. Because that's half the battle. I feel like hairstylists should shampoo, wash, condition, dry. You, it's from start to finish, you know. You used to could walk into a salon looking like who knows what. And they just, they get you right from start to end. They pick the birds and the creatures out of your hair. They put you in the bowl. They wash it. They condition it. They dry it. They sit you under the dryer or blow dry it. And they style it. And you didn't do anything but drive to the place and sit in the seat. But now they're just requiring you to do half the work because they actually aren't certified and don't know how to do it or don't want to do it. I just, I'm, I'm done with it. But anyway, look out for those sorts of things. You know, look out for people who don't really know what they're doing <laughs> and um, who don't provide a good customer service experience. Another thing that we're out here doing and thriving at is content creation. And I know y'all know, um, if you would have told me, what, 10 years ago that people are making thousands or people would be making thousands from literally being silly on camera or eating large amounts of food on camera, I would not have believed you, um, <laughs> you know, and for, for a lot of creators, Content creation has been their leg up into getting into Hollywood, you know, or, or some kind of mainstream industry like Quinta Brunson. Um, she's out here with, what's her show? Oh my God, my mind just blanked right now. Abbott Elementary, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Melvin Gregg is an actor who I think got really popular on Vine and now I'm seeing him in so many movies. I just saw Country Wayne just had a, um, a stand-up special on Netflix. The Hudson Brothers, who always make those funny videos, are on Wild and Out. A lot of people get on Wild and Out too, but you know we're we're literally seeing the evolution of people go from making funny videos to being on TV, and it's amazing. And it's not just comedy, you know. It's not just doing silly stuff and being funny. You can literally do anything if you make it interesting enough. You know, like I said, you can eat massive amounts of food on camera. You can record your journey as a new mom share the ins and outs of your romantic relationship or your family routine. You can tap your fingernails on hard surfaces or whisper because people are into ASMR and how things sound. You can play video games. You can record your kids playing video games or playing with their toys. You can literally just talk about things with an interesting perspective. Um, and as we all know, sex is always gonna sell. So anything surrounding that you can make that sort of content. Um, and with that, though, and I know people probably realize this, depending on what type of content you make, you most likely have to make a lot of it, and very often, which can get challenging after a while. And you can run out of ideas, you can get burnt out. And a lot of people think that content creation um, makes you a lot of money just because you have a lot of views. Um, millions of views don't equate to thousands of dollars. I don't even think it equates to hundreds of dollars. I, I think it was Kev on stage who, I'm, I might be wrong, and I'm, I'm so bad because I never have these examples, <laughs> but I think it was Kev on stage that posted a video of how much money he got against how many views a video got. And I think the video got about 2 million, 3 million views. And the money that he got for that video was like $57. I'm, I'm so sorry if it's actually not Kev on stage. I just know it was a black male like content creator who showed us this. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's not what people think. So you really have to be dedicated to doing it a lot and I think endorsements is really where you get the money from once brands see you and they want to collaborate with you. But you can do things where you can have monthly subscribers that will just pay you every month a flat rate just to have access to whatever content you have 
And I think that's a little more lucrative. Um, so something like Patreon or OnlyFans is something where, or platforms where obviously you get subscribers and you charge them a static amount per month. And some people have levels, you know, to their packages of how much content you get for what you pay. So if you pay $5, you got access to this. If you pay $10, you have access to this. If you have paid $20, you got access to this. And once you get hundreds, thousands of followers, that money builds up. So now you kind of got money that you can depend on, even if your videos aren't doing numbers like you want them to do. And another kind of downside is at the beginning, I think it's, and I've only because I've heard people talk about this, is that it's hard to get the attention of people and build a following and keep the following among all the other people that are already doing it. But if you got if you got the look, if you've got the content, if you've got the humor, the talent, whatever it is you want to do with that, don't even worry about that. The people will flock to you. All you need, I think, is like one viral video to set it off and you'll be well on your way. But don't take my word for it because I am not a content creator. I know that about myself, that I am not about that life. Anyway, another thing that you can do is what I want to call wrongfully abbreviated entrepreneurship <laughs> and by this i mean starting an llc flipping houses those ppp loans that everybody got for the failed businesses that they had no they had no um real interest in you know actually creating and i call it wrongfully abbreviated entrepreneurship because these are versions of entrepreneurship that people kind of try to suppress into something simple when in reality it's a lot more broad and complex and probably needs years of studying and experience to do it well but people have made it this like quick you can learn this quick and then you can have all this money sort of thing and that's not really what it should be do y'all remember that cringy period of time a couple of years ago when generational wealth was the buzzword of the moment and how that needed to be black people's main focus in life. Oh, I'm so glad that we're out of that stage. But everybody was like pressured to get an LLC for literally anything. Black people need to start an LLC. You know, it's so simple. And yeah, like it's simple to register the name, I think. But people made it seem like the whole gambit of being a business owner was just as easy as that. It ain't, you know. <laughs> Starting and owning a business is not for everybody. And not all, not everybody has an interest in it either, by the way. You know, just because it doesn't take much to start the process doesn't mean you should bully others into doing it. Like, you know, what if I don't want to start an LLC? You know what I'm saying? And what if I don't want to flip houses and go into real estate? Like, I don't know why, but this was like the other top business move with just crazy peer pressure behind it. LLCs and flipping houses and real estate like and it was just very random all of a sudden these are the things we need to go into because they're easy to go into but they're really not you know and and being a realtor is also not for everybody I think when I look for jobs because I I briefly considered getting into it I think technically it doesn't take a long time or a lot of money to get a real estate license but if you're not willing to do the actual work required to sell houses in a legit way, y'all, please don't go into this. Flipping houses and getting thousands per flip only after like a month or two of classes or workshops on how to succeed, there's got to be lies involved, you know, or some sort of crime, honestly. Y'all heard about what's happening with DJ MV? Which brings me to scamming. You know, scamming is another way that people are getting ahead out here. And I'm obviously not about to sit here and tell you how to scam or that you should scam. You should not scam people. But I just want to remind y'all because people are still getting got out here. Whenever somebody tells you they're looking for a group of like-minded individuals or business-minded individuals or self-starters who can build a team, etc. These sort of phrases that are like kind of vague, run, girl, run. Because they're pyramid schemes or Ponzi schemes, believe it or not, most of the time. And you would think, you know, that they're 
they're very obvious to people and, and no one's falling for that anymore but they are still running rampant out here obviously you know people are taking legitimate paths of success and they're turning them into scams people found a way to turn forex trading um into a scam some years ago uh we had llc twitter scams of yesteryear just if it's get rich quick stay away from it because that's never that's never legit you know what i mean Remember those people, I don't know if y'all ever had friends who hopped on the wish you were here train. There were like people holding blue signs that said, wish you were here on these amazing vacations in the islands or <laughs> somewhere else. And I would get on Facebook. I can't, This was like, I don't know, maybe early 2010s or something, kind of after we got out of college. I remember seeing people in pictures with those signs. And I just I just kind of laugh and wonder what they're doing now. Because they're not doing that. <laughs> those Herbalife smoothie sellers, they thought they were going to be moguls out here from milkshakes with no real health benefits. Lord help us, because I almost bought some. Anyway, um, you know, with all these different alternatives, I'm noticing that the current state of working is kind of like it's in a wonky place. Because there's just a decline in the desire to work in a traditional way. People are just, you know, people are quitting their jobs. And for the ones who don't have the luxury of doing so, they just remain burnt out at their current jobs. And it's also difficult, you know, for some people to find jobs. Indeed.com used to be my number one spot to, to do online job hunting and do job applications. But there are a lot of scammy postings on there now. You know, I used to think Indeed was the place you could go to get the real thing. It's not a lot of fake people on there. It's not a lot of bots, but it's it's full of it now. So if you're in the job hunting um, number right now, just watch out for, for scammy postings. Um, watch out for things that are misspelled, have bad grammar. Uh, watch out for things. Make sure you Google the companies. And like Google the people when they reach out to you or when they respond to your job post. I mean, your job application, because sometimes, sometimes the job posting is, looks legit. It's A1. There's nothing wrong with it. But once they start reaching out to you and contacting you for interviews, just, just look, look at how that looks. Cause, cause that's where the scammy stuff comes in. Um, aside of that, you know, it, it doesn't seem as simple to just apply and just stick out enough in your brilliance to get a call back anymore. A lot of times it appears that you have to know someone or kind of have someone who can get you in the door. That's not always the case, but I just read a couple of weeks ago that 40% of new hires come from referrals. And, you know, I don't, I don't remember what made up the other 60%, but but that was the biggest percentage. Like, I think knowing people is an advantage. So definitely use LinkedIn. LinkedIn is something that I just don't use a lot in my daily life, but because I just kind of forget about it, but make connections because you, you never know. Maybe that's a, a better a better route to go because Indeed is, is not the way uh, like it used to be. So let's say, you know, I'm going through these alternatives and you are listening and you're like, yeah, none of those things are my thing. I'm, I'm not going to be a content creator. I'm not really an entrepreneur. I'm not trying to flip no houses. Uh, I'm, I can't do hair. I'm not trying to learn a new trade. Um, I know I don't want to work for the man, but none of those options really work for me either. Like they're not calling out to me. Uh, so what, what should I do? And I'm going to share a clip. And I've never shared an external audio clip before. So hopefully it doesn't sound too crazy. This is my first time. Y'all know I'm learning all this podcast stuff. But Erica Badu did an interview with Quiet Money Talks. And uh, this clip was passed around a lot. Uh, a while back, honestly. And I, I still kind of see it pop up every now and then. So I think it's simple but very profound. And so I'm going to play that. If this is not what you're supposed to be doing, it means that you are living someone else's dream. I believe that people should find the thing that comes the easiest to them and master it. it comes the easiest yeah. to you, you know, even if it's something 
it's going to be useful in society in some kind of way, even if it's someone who just knows how to clean their sneakers really well. There's a, a lot you can do with that creative idea of just honing into what you do best. Okay, and boom. Uh, pretty much what she said, find something that you're good at and master it, which sounds like a no-brainer, but uh, I think there's something to that. And she said something at the very beginning that was kind of like, if you know exactly where you're going, but it's not working, then you're probably on someone else's path. And that's that's maybe the most important part of the clip. Um, I can see a clear difference when I'm trying to build something or pursue something. When I try to follow the steps that I saw someone else do or like versus when I do it the way that works or makes sense to me. Whenever I'm going after what other people have or try to do the things they did to get where they are, I don't make any progress. Doors always close, which of course is just a part of life, but it just doesn't work at all for me the way that it did for them. And when I do what I feel is a reasonable next step, or when I just kind of stumble and find my own way to something, that's when things start to fall into place. So I'll give an example. When I um, first got to Atlanta, I was really obsessed with trying to make it work like in film and TV acting, like trying to get an agent or a commercial or whatever. And nothing was working. And I got no calls back from any of my self-tapes. I didn't even like any of the character breakdowns I was really seeing and auditioning for. It felt like work. I didn't like it, you know, and I was just like, I'm not even having fun no more. Like, you know, and I knew I wanted to take a TV writing course when I got here. So I just was like, let me just put a pause on this and let me just find a writing course. And it was geared a little bit more towards sitcom writing, which I wasn't as interested in, but it did teach me formatting to write even a series. So I played around with that and I ended up writing two pilots. Um, that sounds good, right? But I, no, I didn't do anything with the pilots. The scripts are just on my computer. <laughs> anyway, uh, around that time, you know, just because I was in classes and workshops with people, I was extended an invitation to submit a written piece for like two performance showcases. And the same thing has happened with improv. Uh, it started with me taking an improv class at Dad's Garage because I missed improv and working from home was so drab at the time. So uh, I took levels one through five and through class, I started to find out about other jams around the city and once I found out from a classmate about an audition that led me to becoming a member of an improv house team and I've been doing shows every week for some months now and I'm being invited to be in other people's shows and basically with writing and improv I've just had more headway than my pursuit of being a serious actor and the big point about this is that a lot of people feel like classes are a waste of time and many people are into the, you know, I'm going to make my own way sort of thing. But I know in my heart of hearts that making my own way is just, has just not really ever been a strength of mine. I just do better when I have, you know, some sense of direction, some sense of structure. And that's why I always um, gravitate towards classes because classes are just it's just laid out a little easier and I can take what I'm given and then excel with that instead of just like scraping around for weeks or months or years to try to figure out what the starting point is because I just have no blueprint at all and classes have kind of catapulted me back into my strengths which are writing and comedy and while I'm not getting paid for any of these yet, <laughs> and I don't know exactly how they're going to lead me into the rooms that I want to be in, I know and I can feel that I'm going in the right direction with this. So take that as you may. Hopefully it makes sense to you. But just reiterating that if you see someone who has gotten something and you ask them how they got it and you say, okay, I'm going to do that you will see that it's 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 probably not going to work out the way that it worked out for them. And I'm not talking about things that are very simple. Like if you say, hey, uh, which 
where did you get that sweater from? Like, oh, I got it from this store. And you drive to the store and you see the sweater and you get it. Obviously. I'm talking about more monumental things like career choices and following your dreams. Um, yeah, just, I know we all hear it and we all know it, but just stay focused on your own path. Literally, there's so many people who are out there chasing something and they're trying to do it the way they think they're supposed to do it. And they're just not making any progress. And they're like, gosh, I, maybe this just isn't for me. Or maybe, you know what I mean? If if the thing that you're doing is the thing that you want, it's probably not the thing you want that isn't working for you. It's probably the way that you're doing it. So find your own way, pretty much, is what me and Erica Badu are trying to say. And that's all I've got, you guys. That's all I've got for today. I think uh, it's a matter of working hard versus working smart, too, at the end of the day and figuring out which one of those you operate better in. Some people don't mind getting their hands dirty and doing the thing for however long it takes. Some people are like, I don't have the time. I'm kind of dainty. How can I do this in a more strategic way to get what I want? And they prefer working smart. There's nothing wrong with preferring either one. In my opinion, some people will tell you different. Some people will be like, you're not going to be successful if you don't wake up at 5 a.m. every day. Although I do want to read the 5 a.m. club because uh, I heard there's just there's just some magic in that lifestyle. I'm not a morning person, so ooh, maybe it's just going to be me reading the book and being like, that's cool. But um, I think the more you... Figure out what you want, figure out what doesn't work for you. You find your way to new habits within that. Um, and you also find what doesn't work. And sometimes you find, I actually don't want this thing, you know, or maybe I want this thing for the wrong reasons. You're, when you when you get in and try to figure it out, you're, you're going to come to all the conclusions that you need to <laughs> to move forward. So just stick with it. Everything takes discipline. Everything is going to have ups and downs, just don't give up. And for anybody who is doing any of these work alternatives, as I've called them, and you've you found the sweet spot and you're making it work for you, kudos to you. Because like I said, corporate America is trash. <laughs> Working for the man is trash. <laughs> but it's possible. It's possible to be in a work environment that is healthy and you know, beneficial to you in whatever ways you would like for it to be. There's no such thing as a perfect situation, as I was reminded the other day. But, you know, there is such thing as having a balance so that the not so great parts of work and the not so great parts of life don't feel so heavy and don't feel so awful because the good parts outweigh those. Like, you know, there's a there's a good balance of good and bad. And we always want more good than bad. So it's possible just continue looking inward. Look inward. I know that sounds cliche and lame, but it's real. Look inward to what you want. Look into your soul, your heart, what you want to do. Don't think about keeping up appearances and how it looks to other people. Go for what you want and just shut out the rest because that's the only way you're going to get to where you want to be. Okay, y'all. So thanks for tuning in. I hope you join me for my next episode. I am going to try to continue to be disciplined and get these episodes out and flesh them out. I am not a believer in heavy editing. And, you know, I know I say um a lot and I, I trip up on my words sometimes. I just leave that in there because this is how I talk post pandemic. I don't know if it's being at home and not talking to people so much anymore that's just like making my vocabulary kind of falter a little bit um but i i noticed that it's it's other people too so it's i'm not the only person struggling with this but i'm gonna leave it in the episode i'm not gonna edit it out because i'm a human and i'm not perfect you're a human and you're not perfect but that doesn't mean you're also not amazing you're great we're all great and we're figuring out this adulthood thing, aren't we? Yes, we are. Thank y'all. I love y'all. See you next time.
before I get up out of here, of course, I have to shout out the two people who put their special touches on this podcast. So first, let me just say shout out to Perez Remo, aka Kareem, for creating the graphic. And I also want to shout out I Make Mad Beats for providing the music that you hear at the beginning and at the end. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate y'all. You know, I just want to say something on a completely unrelated note because I've been thinking about it and I just got to say it to somebody. Pedicures, in my opinion, are just overrated and frustrating at this point. And I'm going to tell you why. When I get a pedicure, I'm thinking about, you know, getting the calluses smoothed out, getting the polish, getting the lotion, getting the file down, and maybe the massage that they throw in there, depending on where you go. Imagine my discomfort and disappointment when they spend half the time focusing on the lower half of my leg. Y'all know what they do. They put the lotion on your leg. Just the lower half of your leg. The lotion, maybe they do the little scrub. They do the little slapping thing with their hands or their fists where they slap your calf meat around and then you feel bad because you don't have, you know, calf muscles. (laughs) I don't like any of that. I don't like any of the touching of my lower leg. If you're going to touch my leg, touch the upper half where my thighs are because that feels good, right? But then that would be weird if you have the random person at the nail shop rubbing on your thighs, so... Just let's keep pedicures about the feet. Can we just do that? I mean, I know your leg is connected to your ankle, which is connected to your foot, and it's all like working together in your harmony of your human anatomy or whatever. But I am just not a fan of the leg portion of pedicures. I feel like that makes it not a pedicure. It's supposed to be about the feet. Let's leave it about the feet. Wow, that really bothers me. But anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. I know it made no sense. Very random. But I gotta leave y'all with that. Because I want to know that I'm not the only one who feels this way. Anyway, when y'all go out into the world this week, do your laundry. Y'all know y'all got that pile of clothes on your bed that you just been going to bed with. You just push it to the side of your bed and you go to sleep. Fold those clothes. And fold the clothes in the basket and wash another load. You can't just wash one load at a time. I'm really talking to myself here. But I think I'm talking to some other people as well. I love y'all. Be safe out there.